Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. I hope you're doing all right. I don't know about you, but I can finally feel the pull of the spring equinox, and I am so here for it. Personally, I feel like this equinox is sort of the wrapping up of an old pattern or an old set of patterns that I've been clinging on to for far too long. Do you know what I mean? Anybody in the same boat? And often right before a pattern is about to fully bust up and give way to a new, healthier pattern, things get really kind of shitty, but simultaneously you get these glimpses of a new shinier path. It's that critical mass theory, like right before big change, it gets all bajiggity from both sides, from both polarities. All possibilities have the potential to manifest. And then boom, the new path begins. And sometimes it's not good and sometimes it is good. In this case, it feels really good. It's exciting because spring is the perfect time for that budding new growth I love that feeling of stepping into a new version of yourself and shedding the old skin of winter. It's so refreshing. Bring it on, spring. I'm ready for it. My guest this week, John Russell, has been on the show twice before. I love having him on because he's a great storyteller and he's had experiences with just about every woo you can think of. Plus, recently I went out with some friends to investigate a farm that's been the center of a lot of unusual paranormal activity and I wanted to pick John's brain about it. John has been a professional psychic for over 50 years. He's also a medium, certified tarot master, paranormal investigator, and published author. He's a popular featured guest on many, many shows, including Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, Beyond Reality with J.V. Johnson, The Leak Project with Rex Baer, Beyond the Darkness with David Schrader of TV's The Holger Files, and more. We talk about the weirdest woo he's experienced since the last time we spoke, stories from his latest book, A Knock in the Attic, Skinwalker Ranch, and more. John's one of those crossover types that can really dig into any topic in the land of woo and pretty much hold his own there. And we mentioned this a bunch in this episode, but the land of woo is still pretty split up. You know that. If you've been listening to the podcast, we talk about it all the time. Cryptid people only do cryptids. Ghost people only do ghosts. You know how it goes. So it's always refreshing to talk with someone who recognizes and acknowledges the possible connections among all of these topics. One reminder for this episode, John calls his spirit guides the guys, G-U-Y-S, just in case you're not sure who he's referring to. Those are the spirit guides that he works with pretty much on a daily basis. Okay. Enjoy this woo conversation with John Russell. I want to start with what we started with last time, which was Mm -hmm. what is the weirdest woo stuff you've been up to since the last time we spoke? 
Yeah, there's a bunch of good stuff there. Yeah, I think last time, just to remind the listeners, we talked about how you were moving and some mm-hmm. weird stuff was happening with things moving from box to box. and That is still occurring because we're not completely unpacked. Yeah, we moved uh, from where we were living. We moved about an hour and a half, two hours away. And as everybody knows, moving is a huge pain and takes forever to unpack and all that kind of stuff. So what had happened was during the moving process, preparing to move, my wife's son and I split up into one team and his fiance and my wife split up into another And they did certain areas of the house. And I was primarily responsible for my office. And there were certain things that I had to have from my office, the old office and the new office when we got here, had to have it right now to go to work, right? So we would pack up boxes and write on them in magic marker what was in the box. And then we would seal the box with packing tape. And we would put like John's office must go now. And I remembered virtually everything that I put in every box. And we got here. And as we began to unpack things, there were things that we knew we had packed and sealed in a certain box that when we opened those boxes up, those items were gone, disappeared. And in a different sealed box. And one of the most dramatic examples, I was looking for a particular thing that I use on my desk during my readings. And I was like, okay, guys, I'm pretty well set up, but I really, really need this. I really need to find this. So please help me find this. So I go out in the garage and they lead me to this box. And it's not a box that I packed. And uh, it's a box that my wife packed and it's sealed and it's labeled John's old shoes (laughs) and various other like kitchen or whatever. It's like, okay, guys, why did you lead me to this box? I don't need my old shoes. I definitely don't need any kitchen things. I need these items for my office. So I cut the tape open, unsealed the box, looked inside, and there were the items that I needed for my office in that box that I had packed. And I know I had packed in a different box and sealed and written on. And here they were in this box now. They had literally been teleported from one sealed box to another. And uh, as we've continued to unpack, we continue to find that to be the case. And it's just the guys on the other side saying, hey, we moved with you. want you to know we're here. And uh, they're just they're just letting me know they came along for the ride, as they always do. So that continues to happen. Some other great things that uh, that continue to happen. This is one of the most active houses that I've lived in as far as uh, paranormal occurrences and things. And we see with our physical eyes, we see physical motion and movement like beings walking through the house virtually all the time. That's that's pretty much a constant. We hear noises in the house constantly. And of course, our little dog, Bugsy, that annoys him no end. He barks at him and carries on. And, and we also have things that are moved in the house. Like uh, I was uh, on my lunch break and I'd sit down to watch a little TV before I went back to work. And I could hear a noise in my office. And when I came back into my office, there was a deck of tarot cards that I use in my readings and it had been moved several inches from where I'd left it. And I'm home by myself. And of course, Bugsy's in my lap. And so there's there's nothing to account for that other than paranormal activity. I had my fifth appearance on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. And I always get the cleanup slot, 3 to 5 a.m. Eastern time. <laughs> so I'm normally in my office either with dim lights on and the blinds closed or maybe a candle and the, light, the blinds closed. 
And for some bizarre reason, this time the guys told me, said, open the blinds a little bit so you can see out. I was like, well, okay, whatever. I've never done that. It's like three in the morning. What's there to see? It's pitch black outside, right? But I said, okay, so I'll do that. So about midway through the show on one of the breaks, I'm sitting there looking outside in these two huge figures that were kind of almost glowing whitish, but not real, real bright. And about seven to eight feet tall, peer into the window to stare at me and then moved away. And we have this fence in the backyard that separates a patio area. And they walked through that fence and disappeared. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So that's why I was supposed to open up the blinds. So whatever these beings were out there that wanted to peek in and say hi would make a good story to tell and, and let me know we've got even more interesting people, critters, entities, whatever on the property. So that was one of the interesting things. And then just yesterday or day before, I was sorting some coins and I had these uh, quarters and stacks on my desk over there where I do my readings and my computer's across the way from my desk where I do my readings. So they're in a perfect straight stack. They're not out of balance. They're not off balance or anything. Nobody else is home. Nobody's in my office. Bugsy isn't around. He's sleeping on the couch in the living room. And there's no vibration. There's no wind. There's no nothing to account for this. And while I'm sitting there at my desk where I work, one of the coins slips off the stack and lands flat on, the, on my desk, on the table there. I'm like, oh, well, hello, guys. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, I've been scheduling clients and doing some things, and I'm working in my appointment book. And while I'm sitting there, another coin slides off the stack, lands on the coin that fell previously, and lands in a perfect, like somebody took it and placed it exactly on it, in a perfect stack. No. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. All right, guys, thanks. So I work a little more. And then I had to go back over to my computer desk, which is just involves swiveling my chair around and rolling across my office. So I did that. And I'm sitting there with my back to my working desk. And I hear clink. And I turn around and another coin has slid off the stack and landed on the other stack of two quarters perfectly, exactly like somebody had just taken it and just placed it there. Like a magnet. And yeah. <laughs> and so that was, and what was really funny, and I, I did a video of, I kept goofing around on my, my desk. And after a while, I, I made enough motion vibration knocked into the stack of quarters enough that they went over at a pretty severe angle. I, they were still all intact, but they were at a severe angle. So I, I put my camera on and videoed them. And I hit my desk with my fist as hard as I could about four or five times. And it took that to make one even tumble off of the, the bent over stack. So for the fact that this perfectly straight stack, that these three quarters would slide off and land in a perfectly straight stack afterward with absolutely no lean, no gravity, no vibration, no nothing to account for that. I thought that was pretty awesome. That was pretty cool. So all the paranormal, all the woo still continues to fly fast and furious as it always has. And it's, it's just a way, you know, the other side confirms that they're with us. They're watching over us. They're guiding us. They're helping us. They listen to us. And if we listen to them, they give us guidance and direction. I, I always say, I think we get text messages from the other side mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, nothing grandiose, nothing uh, life changing, nothing earth shattering, but just a, hi, I'm here. How you doing? You know? that type of thing. So plenty of, plenty of woo. I feel like most people would react differently in that situation, but because you're so used to it for decades now, you've experienced yeah. 
so many different types of paranormal phenomena. I mean, the last time we talked, I think we did like a rapid fire. We talked about Fae and vampires and aliens yes, and yes. Bigfoot. I mean, we, we yep. kind of like hit all these, these pieces. And that part about the tarot cards being moved, mm-hmm. I recently talked to a Fae expert and she mm-hmm. said that that's a really common I don't know. Experience, that's like, you know. yeah, that's their MO for the, right. the Fae is to move something or to steal something. Oh, and yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think you told me a story once about, was it a ring that was stolen from you? An earring. An earring. An earring. And I you really this. liked it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It was, it was gold and it was a, a skull and crossbones earring. That's and right. And I really, really loved it. I decided I was going to lay down and take a nap and I had a big recliner in my bedroom. So I just laid back in the recliner and take, take my nap. And I had this white plastic table next to the recliner, bright white, nothing else on it. So I took out the, uh, the earring and I put it in the middle of that white table. Now this gold earring stands out like the proverbial sore thumb on the <laughs> white table. And I take my nap and I wake up and it's still a bright, beautiful, sunny day. And I think, geez, I'm going to go eat Mexican food at my favorite restaurant. So I get up and I start to reach for the earring. And for some bizarre reason, I decide, no, I'm going to wear a different earring. So I left the earring there in the middle of the white table, got up, walked around my bed to my nightstand where I had a drawer and I had some other earrings in there. For some odd reason, after I walked around there, I decided, no, I'm going to wear the gold, the gold earring, the gold skull and crossbones earring. Walked back around my bed and it was gone vanished (laughs) absolutely totally completely gone and i have never seen it since but i've had them bring me things so i guess it was like kind of a tit for tat they kind of traded out i guess but uh yeah that earring disappeared and never came back and then another earring disappeared my wife and i were on vacation and we were staying in this hotel and uh, you know they have the long countertops and double sinks and the big long mirror and all that so we each had plenty of space to lay our stuff, take our stuff out, lay our stuff down before we went to bed. And I had an earring in, I put up there and uh, went the next morning. We were getting our stuff together and putting our jewelry on this and the other. That earring was gone. It had vanished during the night. So yeah, they they grab things. I kind of liken them to crows. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. there's a shiny object I need. <laughs> Do you kind of lump every paranormal experience that you have into the same general category? Or do you think that the beings or entities that took your earrings or moved your tarot decks, do you think they could be specifically fake or does that not really matter to you? I think they could be, but it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, it all comes under the same umbrella and uh, we have a little bit too much division and labeling and this and the other. It was so funny, Finn, because you have talked about this and I encountered it again just recently the other day where somebody was like, well, I I believe in UFOs, but I don't believe in psychics. Mm -hmm. And I believe in this, but I don't believe in that. It's like, it's all under the same umbrella. And even though UFOs have been admitted by our government now to be literal physical objects and not ours, they've admitted that. So it's it's otherworldly technology. And even though they are physical objects, there is still a fair amount of paranormal activity associated with UFOs. And you see that, for example, on Skinwalker Ranch. And I've experienced that in some of my experiences with UFOs and so on and so forth. So the problem with classifying and labeling everything so strictly and so severely is that we become a this, but not a that, you know? Well, I'm a tarot card reader, but I'm not a psychic. Well, I'm a psychic, but I'm not a medium. Well, I'm a medium, but I don't believe in UFOs. Well, I believe in UFOs, but I don't do dowsing. Or, you know, it's just, it becomes exclusionary. 
Mm-hmm. And I've never done that with myself or with my clients. With myself, when I was young, I was like, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to see what psychic talents I can develop in all areas, dowsing and pendulums and crystals and crystal balls and the Ouija board and tarot cards and direct communication with spirits and finding lost objects and on and on and on and on. I'm going to experiment with all of it and see what I can do because to me, it all integrates. Now within those areas, I do believe there are certain different entities or classifications of entities or types of entities or beings that do those things or produce those things or involve in those things. You know, we can classify them for research purposes, but it's all still the paranormal. It's all still that supernatural realm. Yeah, we talked about that before. And I love your view on that because I think your outlook on that is sort of the the new wave of the study of this phenomena, because the old school way was to really differentiate everything to divide it all up and the Bigfoot people wouldn't talk to the alien people and the alien people wouldn't talk to the ghost people and it was just like everybody was like your shit is totally crap but my shit is amazing yeah yeah Yeah. those are the barriers that I try and get people to get rid of and to get past and to realize hey there's overlap there and nearly all of this and it makes it more interesting and it does make it more interesting because you've got Bigfoot there's paranormal things associated with Bigfoot. And if you go back to the Native Americans that talk about Bigfoot encounters, there's this vast range of supernatural experiences that accompany Bigfoot many times. And with UFOs, there is now an acknowledgement that there seems to be psychic and or paranormal phenomena associated with that. And what I really like about watching Skinwalker Ranch is that they're documenting this plethora of overlapping paranormal activity because on the ranch, they've got it all. They've got portals opening with critters coming out. They've got ghosts. They've got cold spots. They've got physical manifestations. They've got UFOs. They've got things disappearing in the sky that they shot up. They've got everything. It's all overlapping. One of the things I have to say about that is I was watching Brandon Fugel. I've I've, uh, communicated with him on Twitter a few times and, and I chimed in that You know, for the critics, there was just a ton of critics of Skinwalker Ranch. And where's the proof? Where's the proof? Where's the proof? And I said, for all these critics and for all the people asking, where's the proof? Have you watched the friggin' show? Mm -hmm. Because they're catching UFOs on camera. They're catching paranormal activity on camera. (laughs) They're catching it uh, in many other ways. And and it's, you know, it's documented by many witnesses. And, And Brandon, they were having like a... The thing they flash up on the screen where they put in people's questions or statements or comments or whatever, and they put mine up there and Brandon went, thank you, John Russell. <laughs> this is the big thing that, that I encounter all the time. It's like people come at me with all this criticism and where's the proof of what you're saying? And I go, have you even watched the shows? And nine times out of 10, they haven't. You know, <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's really crazy. Yeah, I think we actually slow ourselves down by not sharing the research among different categories, so to speak. I mean, we should just be telling each other what's going on because look what's happening. There's this vast breakdown and and non-sharing of evidence or non-sharing of ideas. And one of the bad things I've observed, too, and, and a lot of the comments that people make and especially recently, is that anything that you say that there might be a modicum of, wow, that's really out there, too, they will just immediately shoot it down 
and and not give it any credence at all, not give it any possibility of being like, for example, with the quarters sitting there on my desk and sliding off into a perfect stack one after the other, one at a time. You know, now that's an amazing, phenomenal thing. But a lot of people, instead of saying, wow, you know, that that opens up a whole new realm of possibility, we should investigate that. They'll go, oh, there was just some vibration he couldn't account for. And that's that's what caused it. You know, so Mm -hmm. it's like never mind that they've sat there for days on end or weeks on end and haven't moved. And never mind. I messed with them till they were at such an angle. I thought they were going to fall by themselves. And yet it took me hitting the desk five or six times to even knock one off. And then this perfect straight stack, they slide off one at a time in perfect order and land perfectly. Now, you know, that should get folks' attention enough to say, hey, (laughs) we've got something going on here. What's (laughs) happening? Let's investigate that. But uh, you encounter a lot of that kind of resistance. Another thing that I've encountered over the years, I don't remember if we've talked about this or not before, we may have, but there was a, uh, a friend of my wife's, him and his wife, that I met when my wife and I got together. And he knew I was psychic and he would constantly poke good natured fun at me. And I didn't care. I didn't mind. And so I told him one time we were all sitting there and I said, look, everyone that I've talked to on this planet, if the big if they're being honest, they've had at least one occurrence in their lives that they can't explain by any normal natural means. And he was like, nope, nope, nope. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So one night, uh, my wife was going over to visit with them, and I stayed home because I was feeling ill. And I would have given my teeth in if I could have been there. Now <laughs> the talk turned to ghosts and paranormal and whatever. And this guy that denied he had ever had any experience made fun of me for claiming to be a psychic. Sit there and said, oh, yeah, well, I see people walk through the house all the time. I see doors open and closed by themselves all the time. I'll see somebody walk down the hall. I'll look out and they disappear. But I just chalk it up to an overactive imagination or whatever. And I'm like, holy friggin' God. <laughs> you know, it's like, you say, well, if their UFOs are real, come land on my lawn. Well, what landed on your lawn? And you're saying, oh, it's a hallucination. It's like, mm. man, you can't win for losing with these people, you know? Yeah. So it's like, when I was young, I took great delight in provoking people and, and proving to people the veracity of my gift and this, that, and the other. And then as I've gotten older, it's like, I don't have time, effort, or energy for this now. It's just not worth wasting it, you know? Yeah. If you're if you're going to disbelieve, you're going to disbelieve. And, and I've seen people that have been confronted with physical paranormal manifestations that have like written it off. And when you do that, the other side kind of like most of the time seems to go, well, okay, the heck with you then. I ain't going to make any more effort toward you. you know? yeah. If that's the response I get, oh, so be it. It's funny. We live in a world where it, we're, it's such a weird time right now because it's yeah, like it, it is very easy to fake something. Oh, so it's, sure. it is mm-hmm. good for us to question, oh, is that real? Is that not real? But it, we've gone so far in the other direction that yeah. we're only focusing on the moving pictures on the boob tube instead right. of what about the mysteriousness of this planet and the cosmos? Exactly. You can't exactly. actually explain that. And no, it makes more sense that there's something weird going on out there than sure. for it not to be. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, the Disneyfication of your brain has made yeah. it to where like, oh, no, that's not a thing that fits into my, you know, my little box here. Exactly. But really, if you yeah. just stepped out of it for a second, I'm with you. I've talked to so many people and 
every single person I've talked to, we can, we can dig in and find that there's something that was paranormal that happened. Oh, exactly. Exactly. There's just a ton of things going on out there. And this leads me to one of my pet peeves that I've been talking about on podcasts a lot lately. Every time you turn on the TV, like the history channel and ancient aliens or one of the other channels, travel channels, a lot of times has paranormal specials and some of the other channels have documentaries or specials on the paranormal UFOs or whatever. So it says new and you tune in and you're all excited. Okay. Maybe they've really got something. And here it is more on Roswell Mm. or more on Rendlesham Forest. And if I see one more of those, my head is going to explode. (laughs) I swear to frigging God, you know, things are happening like me in the quarters. That was day yesterday, day before yesterday. Okay. Things are happening every day in the realm of the paranormal, the supernatural. Things are happening every day in the psychic realm. People are having UFO experiences right now as you and I are sitting here talking every day. But yet every special there is drags up what? Roswell and Rendlesham Forest. (laughs) Or this lady had an experience in 1953. I saw one of those the other day. I wanted to shoot the TV screen. (laughs) And it was like, my God, we have all this stuff going on right now. And we have the government admitting right now that the UFOs are real that they're physical objects, that they're here, that they're not our technology, that they're not earthly technology. And what is the news doing? You know, there's whatever Justin Bieber's up to or whoever else. It's like, Jesus Justin Bieber. And I have to interject here, and I have a link to this, I swear to God. They were talking to, I'm going to say the, I don't know, some, there was some political hotshot that they were talking to and interviewing. And this is like a big, important person, right? Big, important political person. And they were interviewing them on some really deep, serious topic. And as the person is answering this question, the reporter has just posed, the reporter goes to her earpiece and goes, hold on a second, hold on a second. We have breaking news. Justin Bieber has just been arrested. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And this is the state of our quote unquote news nowadays. I don't want to get too conspiracy theorist here, but I do think that's intentional in some way. I think we're supposed to remain sort of dumb, sometimes really dumb, depending. Mm -hmm. There's a spectrum focused on just this minutia, this like, oh, dribble. And that's to keep our minds our brains full of enough mush, then we can't think about anything serious or respond to anything serious. And then one of the other issues I have, like in in not only the psychic, supernatural, paranormal realm, how long has it been since we've done anything serious like Stanford Research Institute Mm. when they were really digging into this in a scientific way? That's ancient history. And then ufology. Now, I'm not going after anybody personally, and I'm not insulting anybody personally. But look, to me, the field of ufology and all of these paranormal conferences and everything seems to me to be the same good old boys club coming and selling the same old books and talking about the same old stories. And there's nothing new going on. There's no new research. There's no breakthroughs. There's no pressure to keep things going. And I just I I can't understand it. It just we're confronted with one of the biggest mysteries of our time. And the government's finally acknowledged that. And everybody's kind of like, oh, wonder what's on Seinfeld reruns tonight. You know, it's like, I wonder what Justin Bieber's up to. I wonder what Justin Bieber's up to now. <laughs> Who it's, cares? It's, how old is just, Alexa, how old is Justin Bieber? It's like, <laughs> my God. Uh, it's funny, uh, but it's also very sad. 
Yeah, it is. It's very, yeah. very sad. And it's a shit show, I think. Um, it yeah, is exactly. exactly. Weird time to be in this incarnation. Like, it, it's an it interesting, yeah. why Why I picked this one, I'm not sure. It's a very curious, <laughs> curious a life. Time. Yeah. You know, I think looking back, it's always been pretty strange. Yeah, that's true. Remote view things or even just read history. It's always been a pretty weird world. It's always been yeah. pretty, the ruling class always tries to keep the quote unquote lower class busy with some damn thing so that they can get about their business. And I remember one time a history professor telling me that they had these public bathhouses in, in Rome where, and they had libraries in them. So you would go to the public bathhouse and they had food and drink and you could get in the nice pool, the large pool, and cool off, and they had a library you can go and read, and you can meet your friends there and have a social time and talk. And what our history professor said was that the Roman elite built those so that the little people down here would have something to occupy them, wouldn't notice how good they were living, how poor they actually had it. Mm. Because in their mind, hey, look, I can go to the bathhouse, meet my friends, cool off, get something to eat, read a book. Wow, look at this, you know. In the meantime, you know, the rich elite are living then like they live now. And allegedly that was built so that it was a distraction so that they wouldn't think about how bad they really had it. Yeah, you the know? tale is old as time. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, yeah, and it, I mean, it used to be bathhouses, and now it's Justin Bieber. And well, I mean, it's it's still bathhouses. It's still <laughs> it's, it's, still, bath it's still the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just a different really sort is. of really combination is. of things. Yeah. Yep. Earlier, you were talking about how you think that when you experience these incredible paranormal happenings, that it's almost like a text message from the other side, or. Sometimes, you know, yeah. From wherever. Right. Do you ever feel like it's a little bit more than that? That coin thing, it felt like they were really trying to get your attention. Do you ever feel like every once in a while they're really trying to tell you something and you're not oh, getting absolutely. it? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why I tell people you have to pay attention. You have to listen. You have to listen to your intuition. And I always give these experiences when I have them. I always give them full attention and I always ask, okay, is there anything specific you're trying to get through to me other than, hey, we're here? Okay. So, like with the quarters, that seemed to be just a, hey, look at here. We're here. Look at this. Watch this, which is cool in and of itself. But you could put it in the realm of something smaller, I guess. When uh, I lived upstate, my office was upstairs. We had a two story house and a finished basement. We had the washer and dryer in the basement. And I had finished reading for one client. And I'd come down to, to get, I don't know, get a soda or drink of water or a snack or something before my next client. And I hear the sound of water running through the pipes. Well, I'm home by myself. And I know that nobody has left anything, turned anything on inside. But nonetheless, I ran through the house. Look, none of the faucets are running. I ran outside real quick, looked at the outdoor faucets. None of the hoses are running or anything. Came back inside and I still hear the water running through pipes. And I'm like, oh, geez, what the heck is this? So I go down in the basement and you can hear the sound of water running through the pipes in the basement. And I go, this is crazy. I've, I've checked everything and where's this water coming from? Then it dawns on me that it's supernatural. So I have to get back upstairs to my office and get ready for my next client. So I'm like, guys, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't get a clear answer from you now, but look, I got to go back for my client. I'll come back and when I finish this client, I'll have a little break and tell me what's happening. So I'll go back upstairs, read for that client, get through, come back down. The sound of water still going through the pipes. So I'm standing there and I'm like, guys, I, I just don't get it. What are you trying to tell me? What's the purpose? And I stood there a little bit and I looked over at the washer 
And our washer had this weird configuration. We didn't do it, but when we moved in, it was like that. And we hadn't changed it out. And it had a rubber hose that came out of the washer for the drain and then went to a two-piece connector. And then another piece of rubber hose went off of that and went into the drain. Well, for some bizarre reason, somehow that connector had broken and the two hoses had separated. So if I had not noticed that and had put in a load of clothes and washed them when it pumped the water out, it would have flooded the basement. And also... We had the plugs for the machines right above them, and the hose was at such an angle that probably squirted water up into the outlet and shorted something out, tripped the circuit breakers or whatever. So I was like, oh, wow, look at that. And as soon as I noticed that, the sound of running water stopped. I was like, thanks, guys. <laughs> you know. So sometimes what we might count insignificant can have a, a very specific purpose and a very meaningful purpose. And other times it may just be, hey, we're here. Watch us push these quarters off. Bet you can't do this. Look at this. Watch this. You know, yeah. And that's apparently all I got out of it. But for me, if you go out in the front yard and your neighbor's out in the front yard, you go, hey, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Boy, that rain last night was something. Yeah, I thought it was going to come through the roof. Bye, 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 bye. Oh, see you later. And that's about it. And, and for me, a lot of these communications from the other side are kind of like that. You know, hey, John, how you doing? We're here. We're okay. How are you? Small talk, if you will. But that doesn't make it any less meaningful or any less significant. And like you say to me, I've had so many physical experiences on the paranormal realm. So for me, it's it's normal. You've taken the para out of the paranormal. It's just normal. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's all normal to me. And it has been for, for most of my life, I think. I feel like we never get to a knock in the attic. Oh, yeah. We, my latest book. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering, is there a favorite experience that you document in that book that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah, there's there's a few. And one of them goes back to my childhood, you know, and I had these experiences beginning early. We've talked about that. One of my favorite stories that I write about in my book, we had a next door neighbor that my mom was real good friends with. And my mother would go next door and visit. And I was old enough that I could stay in the house by myself. And she said, uh, you know, all the doors are locked. When I come home, I'll knock you and lock the door and let me in. And if anything happens, uh, you run next door and get me or you know how to call the police or whatever, and then come get me or whatever you need to do. You know how to do that. So she would go over and visit with a neighbor and stay over there sometimes an hour or two. And I'd stay home, play in the house by myself. I felt perfectly comfortable doing that. So it was uh, wintertime, cold as all get out. And I was in the living room with my little spaceman toy and I was flying him through the house. And so I flew him into the uh, dining room and flew him into the kitchen. And there was a breakfast room separating the kitchen from my dad's bedroom. And my mother and dad had separate bedrooms. And as a lot of old people do. And from my father's bedroom, I hear the closet door close and the latch click. And every hair on my arm stood up because I'm in the house by myself, right? Now, this is winter. It's shut up tight. Windows are closed and locked. The heat's on. And I'm like, okay. So I tiptoe into my dad's bedroom and I look at that closet door and I work up the courage to go over and I pull on it and it's securely shut. So I open it up and look inside. And of course, no one's in there, but there is this ice frigid friggin coal emanating from this closet coming out when I opened it up. And I'm like, oh man, this is weird. So I shut the door real quick. And when I shut it, I pressed against it, made sure that it was closed, made sure that it was locked. So I went back out into like the breakfast room kitchen area, which is just a short ways away. And again, I hear the door click, open up, and then close and click and shut again. 
And I ran out to the front door, <laughs> opened the front door, threw it wide open, didn't even close it, ran next door and banged on the door so hard. And my, my mother and her friend were sitting in, they had a little sitting area in their bedroom there. And that's where they were sitting talking. And I went to that door and banged on that door so hard that they both jumped. I scared the 10 years growth out of both the life out of both of them. <laughs> and she comes to the room and said, my God, my God, what is it? Are you hurt? What's the matter? And I was <sighs> I'm panting from having run over there and I had to get my breath. And I told them what happened. And our neighbor said, oh my God, should we call the police? My mother said, no, let me, let's, let's go look. I think I know what it may be. Let's go look. So we went back in the house. Of course, the house standing wide open. It's cold outside. All the heat's escaped. We go in, we close the door. We look around. Everything's shut up. We go and look in the closet. Mom opens the closet, looks in. She goes, you know, she said, this is just, and by then I'd had a lot of paranormal experiences. And she said, this is just the, the spirits letting you know they're here. Nothing's going to happen to you. Nothing's going to hurt you everything's okay. I was like, all right. She says, well, do you want me to stay here with you? Or can I go finish my visit? And I said, no, I'm okay. Go finish your visit. Okay. So she goes next door to finish her visit. And I close and lock the front door after her. The house starts warming back up. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to let this booger me. And I get my little spaceman toy. And I'm like, I'm flying the same route. I'm flying it through the house. I'm like, I'm going back there. And I heard that closet door close and latch again. <laughs> I'm like, well, all righty then. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was one of my favorite favorite stories from knocking the attic that was really meaningful for me that was one of my favorite stories there and then i think a uh, another thing that i write about is most people and i have this today I, I periodically run Facebook ads for my books or my my readings, and people will tell me I'm the son of the devil, and I'm possessed by demons, and I'm possessed <laughs> by Satan, and I am Satan, and on and on. And then I'll be on podcast, and in the chat bar, you'll see that he can do this stuff because he's possessed by Satan. He's a demon. He's got demons around him telling him <laughs> this stuff. I'm like, oh, my friggin' God, never mind. I'm an ordained minister and I have was associate pastor of a church for a short period of time. Never mind that. But so anyways. It was um, the Church of Satan. Yeah, it was the Church of Satan. All <laughs> hail uh, Anton just... LaVey. <laughs> so, one of the things that people always freak out about when they read about my upbringing, my books, my psychic and paranormal experiences, supernatural experiences, they assume that we're all sitting around the house, whacking off the head of a live chicken in the kitchen and pouring the blood <laughs> and soup and eating it and chanting with beads and rattles and things and all this kind of stuff. And my household, we grew up devout Christian and we were in church every time the doors were open, the Presbyterian church, mainline church. We all read the Bible, studied the Bible, had Bibles all over the house, had the obligatory pictures of the blonde Jesus everywhere, had, uh, cruci <laughs> had crucifixes here, there, and the other. We wore crosses, and we celebrated Christmas in a traditional Christian way. We prayed before every meal, and we sung hymns, and we had, you know, rocking chairs rocked by themselves, and doors open and closed by themselves, and, and all these things. So people always assume that if you have these gifts, it has to somehow be anti-Christ, anti-Christian, demonic, satanic, whatever. One of the interesting things, another thing I write about in the book was uh, my mother actually taught adult Sunday school in our church, in our Presbyterian church. And one day she she just stopped and she closed the lesson plan. She looked at everybody in the class and she said, you know, does anybody here really believe this? Is this even meaningful to us? Because <laughs> it's real easy to prove that the Bible doesn't work. OK, mm -hmm. people going to get all pissed because I say that. But here we go. Jesus said, again, I say unto you, if two of you ask of my father in heaven, 
anything, two of you agreeing, it shall be done. No exclusions, no exceptions, whatever. Okay. How many people have been terminally ill? They've agreed in prayer with two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty other people that Jesus heal them, God heal them, the Holy Spirit heal them, somebody heal them, and they die. So it's real easy to disprove. She was saying, look, you know, it's not working. And what, you know, does anybody here really believe that? What are your thoughts? What are your experiences? And of course, everybody sitting in Sunday school and church is reticent to speak out, but they begin to speak out and said, you know, yeah, this this doesn't seem to work or doesn't seem to meet our daily needs or doesn't seem to fit. And yet there are things as they began to discuss that they were discovering in the time in the realm of paranormal research that did yield results that were repeatable, that did help people, that did heal people and things. My mother wanted to introduce the topic, some of that, into the uh, Sunday school curriculum. And so they went to the pastor of the church and said, look, we're not trying to usurp anything here. We don't want to run afoul of the church. We don't want to take the Bible out of the curriculum. But here's what we're thinking. Here's here's what we experience. And the preacher said, yeah, go ahead. As long as you don't get too far out in the field, you know, come in and there's the headless chicken and the blood and the candles <laughs> going, you know. So, so they started discussing these things in the uh, Sunday school class. And my mother went a little step further and said, for those that would like to explore this further, because we were deeply into studying this as I was growing up. And she said, for those that want to do this, come to my house and we'll have a little prayer group, mediumistic circle, whatever you want to call it. And we'll see what we can do and what we can manifest. So people from the church begin to come, other people begin to come. And we had a large living room and uh, we all gathered in there. And people would usually open the mediumistic circle with prayers to Jesus. And then we'd have paranormal manifestations. And they worked for a number of years doing that, and they began to manifest some really incredible things. And they began to manifest some very positive healing for people, you know, remote healing, distance healing. And one of the things they would do to experiment was they would take somebody that they knew had a severe health issue, and they would work on them spiritually in the circle. And then somebody would call that person two or three weeks later, and how are you doing? And invariably, the person would either be healed or be significantly better, significantly improved with no medical intervention. Just, you know, I'm living my normal life and here all of a sudden, wow, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing better. I, you know. So they were getting real good results. And then the problem with that, like the problem with anything, whether it's ufology, mainline religion, uh, spiritualism, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. The problem always arises ego. Mm. And somebody was like, well, I just went to so-and-so's seminar and I think we should be teaching this in the circle now. And people tried to draw people away to their own ego and get their own little followers and all this and all that. And finally, it splintered the group till it fell apart. And uh, that's the biggest challenge in anything is keeping ego out of the way and staying true to the work and doing what we need to do to do the work. That's, that's the biggest challenge of anything. So those are a couple of my favorite stories from from the latest spoken knock in the attic. I think that demonizing those that are different, different yeah. practices, different people, different skin types, different, 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 different religions. That right. is, like you said, the fundamental issue with humans. I mean, we just, I'm going to say it right here. I, I've probably said it on the podcast before, but Catholics are witches. You know what I mean? Yep. Like we're yep. all kind of doing the same shit. If we would the just candles, stop- the incense, the holy water, the sprinkling, the, the cross held and all this. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Super ritualistic. And exactly. And I, super, I super ritualistic. And I, I just use that as a striking example because Catholicism yeah. is so in this realm of like, these are the ways 
that things should be done. What if we just sort of opened up like, you know, that circle that you talked about that sounds amazing, where everybody was kind of bringing what they were curious about. And it was the safe space for all that to happen. But look how it didn't take long for people to fuck it up. And the great thing was initially, like, for example, if we were trying to transmit healing energy at a distance, initially, it would be like whatever technique that you believe in, whether it's visualization, prayer, Ekankar, this, that, the other inner peace movement that was real popular at the time. Whatever techniques that you use that you feel comfortable with, use that to project healing to this person, but we'll all be in agreement that we want this person to be healed. And whatever technique you feel comfortable using to send that energy, so be it. You know, great. You don't have to use this or be a that or use this. Just use what you're comfortable with, but we're all working toward the same goal with all of this energy. And I think that actually when you have... Now, obviously, you can become scattered and lose focus and and everything else. But I think that part of the strength of that group initially was that they had that diversification, but it was all aimed toward one single focus. Mm -hmm. And we all wanted to achieve and get toward the same thing. We combined those methodologies together. But, you know, the big problem that we still deal with is church versus the paranormal. Uh, ufology versus the paranormal, gay versus straight, black versus white, this state versus state, you know, on and on and on and on. And that continues to throw wrenches and things that we have to work so hard to get past and so hard to get by. And it just, it, it boggles my mind that we're in 2022 and we're still dealing with and talking about these issues and these obstacles. We haven't come a very long way. <laughs> We really haven't. And one of my favorite quotes is from Patanjali. It's a yoga sutra. And it's the central act of ignorance is the false identification with form. And yeah. I, I love it because yeah. it's like the central act of ignorance is that we are falsely identified with these bodies and these minds. I'm that. You're yeah. this. You're that. You We're know, separate this from each other. This, this belief is that. Yeah. Separatism. Yeah. Going back to that classification and division. I saw a, a documentary on remote viewing. And one of the things that hampered any of our psychic programs was that there were a lot of congressional leaders that were staunch right-wing devout Christians that thought any psychic or supernatural or UFO thing was a manifestation of the devil, was demonic. And we don't do that. And so that kind of thinking continues to hamper any attempts at serious investigation of what we're doing. There's some some friends I have that I dearly, dearly love, but man, bless their hearts. They're Whew, they're, they're stuck in some bad ways, you know. We are slow to evolve, it seems. We're slow to evolve. We're very, <laughs> yeah, very slow we really to evolve. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask you about an experience that I had recently because oh, yeah. you have had so many paranormal experiences. You're one of those people who I like to run things by if I do have something that's pretty woo. Okay. This is a woman I don't know. She She's a friend of a friend and she has this farm and her family's owned it for decades. Okay. And she says to my friend, I've been having all kinds of weird paranormal activity here. And I'm curious, would, would you guys want to come out and kind of investigate and maybe take some footage? And so we said, hell yeah, let's go. Let's check it out. Yeah. So we go out there and I think it's a lot of acres. I can't remember how many, but it's, I mean, it's yeah. like hundreds yeah. of acres. It's a big right. ass farm. And there's all different sections. And they have pigs and goat sheep and regular sheep, I think, and all <laughs> kinds of farm animals. <laughs> So goat man and uh, goat Sasquatch. Man. And <laughs> yeah, fairies. I don't know. So we go they in. probably and, do. <laughs> that's what I want to know. 
we get to the pig pen. And so mm-hmm. she says, okay, this is where our pigs usually are. And it's this big, big pen. And I said, well, where are the pigs? There's no yeah. pigs in the pen. Right. And she said, well, there were pigs in the pen. There were these huge, I mean, like those slaughter pigs that they get oh, real yeah. huge. Yeah. And she said they were in there and now they're gone. They disappeared. Wow. And so she says, and the weird thing is, is there's no carcasses anywhere. And they have, I mean, it's a full running farm. They have the sure. the sure. sheepdog and there's all kinds of barriers, not to mention the fence that the yeah. pigs were in. Right. I mean, this was a huge fence and it's, there's no way they for them to get, get out. out. Yeah. Yeah. So the only way that they could get out is if these like double locks in the fence were mm-hmm. busted open, which, you right. know a human or some entity would have to do. It couldn't be an animal. Right. She says, listen, we've looked, my dad's looked the whole, all the farmer guys, they came, they looked, they see nothing. They can't find these carcasses anywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they said, that's the weirdest part because animals die on the farm all the time. So were they buried? Were they abducted? They don't know. So that's the first part. I got to stop you there. Don't lose track, but I got to stop you there. It's not uncommon for well, I shouldn't say it's not uncommon. It's, I guess it's fairly rare, but it's not unheard of, I should say, for mass disappearances of livestock to occur. And on again, going back to Skinwalker Ranch, they had a guy there that I don't know if he knew the original owners or whatever, the, I think he did, whatever this and the other. But at one point during a particularly intense, lengthy period of paranormal manifestation there at Skinwalker Ranch with the original owners, their cattle all disappeared. And when they went to look for them. They opened up one of the barns and the cattle were stacked on top of each other, still alive, I think, but stacked on top of each other in that barn. And it's like, you know, no possible way anything human could have done that. So strange disappearances of groups of animals, that does happen. Strange things like the stacking of the cattle in that barn. Paranormally, that does happen. So that's not unheard of. Yeah, it does happen. And there's some, obviously some supernatural paranormal component to it. You think so? So I was going to ask, I mean, you understand, I think just from previous conversations that like to remove animals that big would be astronomically difficult unless you. Oh yeah. You're talking about thousand pound hogs, you know, Yeah, (laughs) it's like, and they, and they make noise and they attack people. I mean, you know, if you want to get rid of a body, you throw it in the hog pen. The hogs exactly. eat up, you know, super fast. And uh, to have double gates, double locks, you know, obviously no hogs going to, most hogs are lazy and just lay around. They're not going to climb a fence and then figure out a way to unlock the lock. So, uh, yeah, that's to me, that definitely has to have a paranormal component. You know, did aliens abduct them for experiments? Was there some kind of supernatural portal time warp thing that happened or whatever? That's what you have to investigate and try and figure out if you can. But I think it definitely has to have a paranormal component. You know, otherwise, where did they go? Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if you'll see a pattern. So I'll tell you the next one. So then we get to the goat sheep area where these are the goats that look like sheep or vice versa. It's sheep that look like goats. They they do. They have the goat eyes. It's so interesting. Right. I said, so what's going on here? And so, you know, they have tons of them and they're, it's a farm and they have this mm-hmm. big area where they actually, when the farm animals die, they right. stack them on this. This is kind of like a compost pile. It is a compost pile. Yeah. And yeah. so two goats, sheep, they were born on the same day on the equinox and right. they died sort of unexpectedly, like not mm-hmm. in the way that they generally do. And so they did what they always did. And they took the goats and they 
put them in the the compost pile and they covered it up or whatever. And I guess it was the next day because they go out there every day. They noticed that the goats were dug up and Mm -hmm. brought to Mm -hmm. the very top of the pile. And so they Mm -hmm. thought, oh, that's kind of weird. But, you know, maybe we didn't put them down far enough. Right, right. You see where this is going. Long story short, every single time they tried to bury them. The goats came. Oh, they came, yeah. And they had specific markings. So that's how they knew it was the same ones over and over again. Yep. They were kind of a weird pair. They were twins. Yeah. So these twins born on the equinox, and they could not get them to go down in the mm-hmm. pile. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that sounds like the same kind of phenomena as the pigs? I think it's related to it, yeah. And I think that, you know, obviously they have something very strong, very, very powerful happening there. And what they need to do is try and get in contact with these forces, with these entities, and find out why they're doing this, what their purpose is, what's going on. And if it's something that needs to be appeased, something that needs to be repelled, something that needs to be, you know, a message of some type needs to be accepted or understood or whatever. And one of the things that I encourage people to do when they're interacting with the other side, take an offering of gin. As strange as it sounds, the spirits on the other side really seem to like gin and really seem to respond to that. And this is documented in, throughout history. And if they'll take some gin, pour it out and say, look, you know, you're abducting our pigs this is our livelihood here that you're messing with you know why are you doing this we need to know what's going on we see these supernatural signs and manifestations are you trying to get through to us for a specific reason Uh, are we showing a lack of respect here that that you're maybe kind of punishing us for kind of poking us for or is there some other methodology there so that's a good place to start if you have a trusted really good stable psychic that's not going to get out there and freak out and act the idiot, but can go out there and try and investigate. That would be a good thing to do, but definitely something going on there. And it can be difficult to get to the reasons why that the other side does things. And we always have a knee-jerk response, and uh, many times that's wrong. So, but you know, when you when your pigs all disappear, that's that, <laughs> there goes your livestock, and there goes a lot of money. That's that's a pretty big message to send. And whether it's deliberate or accidental, or whether it's one of those strange things, you know, people say, "Well, I was walking down the street, and all of a sudden, I was in." ancient London and this guy tipped his hat and then I was back in New York. You know, it's like, was it that and the pigs disappeared into something or was it a deliberate act or whatever? That's what you have to try and figure out. Now, I will tell you that in interacting with the other side, I can't stress enough that you need to be respectful mm-hmm. because these are powers that are stronger than you are. They can manipulate things. They can slide quarters off the stack on the desk. They can pick you up in the air like they did in my first book, Writing with Ghost Angels and Spirits of the Dead. I write about that. They can physically manipulate time and space, apparently, some of them. So these are beings that you need to respect. You don't need to fear them necessarily, but you need to respect them. And it's we have to understand there are beings and entities on the other side that while they can understand us and interact with us, their motivations and thought processes and emotions and things are not the same as ours. And it doesn't mean they're demonic. It doesn't mean they're malevolent. It doesn't mean they're stupid or or whatever. It just means they're different. Don't assume that all the motivation or understanding or whatever from the other side is exactly the same as ours because some of those entities are not human, have never been human, never will be human. They're their own unique creation their own unique personality and energy. And we have to approach them as such and deal with them as such. 
That's really good advice. And I think my intuition says that there's more than one thing going on here. I could be wrong. I tend to agree with you. I think there's there's multiple happenings there. Going back to Skinwalker Ranch and Brandon Fugel, I tweeted Brandon one time, told him, I said, look, you have multiple neighborhoods on that ranch. Now, just like in New York City, there's neighborhoods you don't want to go into by yourself at night. So there are multiple neighborhoods there. And I think there are multiple neighborhoods, if you will, in any setting, in any area. And some of those things you may not want to want to poke. You may not mm-hmm. want to aggravate. It takes doing a serious enough investigation to figure out what's going on and why, what you may need to avoid and why. But as far as, well, you know, can we close the portal? Can we exercise this? Can we send the spirits to the light or can we send them away or whatever? No, a resounding no. I was talking with somebody the other day, a podcast the other day I was on, and they were like, you know, people have gone to the St. Mary, the haunted ship, right? And what's her name that that haunts there? They've sent her to the light 20,000 times. She's still there. In most of the cases that I know of, whether it's been a priest, an exorcist, a psychic, quote unquote, closing a portal, sending somebody to the light or to the other side or whatever. I don't know of any occasion where it's worked. And most of the time it makes the manifestation worse if it does anything at all. So we have to quit assuming that we have control over these vastly superior, vastly powerful entities because we don't. And we do have certain protections I think we can use. We do have certain respects that we can give that may be returned. We do have certain places I think we need to keep our noses up. And all of those things, it takes a lot of discernment, a lot of patience, and a lot of work to find out what's going on. And like you say, very correctly, Finn, when there may be multiple energies, entities, things involved, then you have to go through the task of, okay, who or what is doing this? Who or what's doing that? Is there some corporation or help here I can get? Why is this occurring? Why is that occurring? So it can be a very lengthy and very involved process. And it's not something you can go smudge and make everything okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like it, it's going to take some real work there. But yeah, you're on the right track with what you're saying. Absolutely. The, the one other thing I'll tell you about this place, and I'm curious because I have an idea of what I think this might be. There's other stuff, but the, the major oh, sure. component that I wanted to share with you is that there are certain spots on the property where it just makes you feel sick. Yeah. You know, there was one that was in this little bank in the stream that they had. And Mm -hmm. even the girl who was showing us, she was just like, I don't go any further. That's all you guys. And we went and everybody had a different response. Some people got headaches. Some people got nauseous. Some people were, hold on, I'm really dizzy. But the consensus is it, it affected everyone. What would you think about that specifically when it makes you sick like that? I think that there are areas on earth that manifest vortexes or portals or energy fields or something that are not compatible with our physiology. I don't think it's necessarily a manifestation from an entity as much as it is just either a spiritual and or earth phenomenon. I'll give an example. There was a a dear friend of mine who's now on the other side, and he led these photographic expeditions out into the lava fields in Hawaii. And he went out there for numerous expeditions all the time, leading these tours and returned okay. And these gases that arise from the lava fields are poisonous. And he was out with a group leading the group and they turned around to go back and he turned around and inhaled and dropped dead on the spot for all the times that he had been out there. Now that's a natural phenomenon. There's nothing paranormal about it. It's just these lava gases come up and they're poisonous to our body. And so I think that there are certain vortexes, certain portals, certain manifestations, 
certain energy manifestations, emanations on the earth that are just not compatible with us. And I think that's what you experience there. It's probably a natural phenomenon. You're right. It could just be that sometimes in these investigations, I know that they find springs underneath and the sulfur from the springs make you feel weird or something like that. Or it could be, like you said, a possible vibrational portal spot where it just, whatever's going on there doesn't really work with our vibration. Yeah. 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 I want to ask you one more thing from our last chat. I just remembered it. We talked about Bigfoot and you had this awesome story. Your friend had gotten to be in touch with I think it was like a community of Bigfoot or are they big feet yes. at that point? You told me that story and it was really interesting. But then I was like, I'm going to keep checking in with you on mm-hmm. updates about that. So this is yeah. me checking in. Has anything happened on that? Have you heard anything new? Yeah, unfortunately, no. This is a client of mine that is absolutely 100% truthful, believable. And obviously, I besides client confidentiality, I couldn't tell you anything about it because the area where they go to encounter and interact with the Bigfoots, obviously, if that got out, there'd be all kinds of goofy researchers and hunters and everything else there. But they have this certain area where they go and they interact with families of the Bigfoots, I mean, the the young ones and, and the old ones, the big ones, and so on and so forth, they will camp there, and the Bigfoots accept them. Uh, the Bigfoots don't like dogs, so they don't bring dogs up, and uh, the Bigfoots will will make things, like put assembled uh, twigs together into like a little sculpture or sign or something, this and the other. They'll make things and come and leave them at their tents and bring them gifts and leave them to them. And uh, they will experience that. Now, I have a standing invitation to go there. Now, unfortunately, my health has been crap my entire life. And uh, I had a, a big scare, went to the hospital in December and then had a cardiac catheterization in January and all kinds of problems, all kinds of stuff ongoing. And so at this point in my life, I can't hike, can't even walk very good anymore, but certainly can't hike up into the mountains or anything. And I'm just praying that I get this massive healing or whatever that I can go because I have this standing invitation from this client to go with them to where they go and interact with the Bigfoot and uh, and to have that experience. And I'd give my teeth to do that. But unfortunately, at this stage of the game, my health isn't up to it. And uh, if it ever gets to that point, uh, oh, God, yes, you better believe I'm going to go and <laughs> you won't better. tell you who, what, where, why, when, or how, but I'll tell you about the experience if I ever get to. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping against hope that someday that occurs. Yeah, I think we probably touched on this last time we talked about it, but I think a lot of people would hear what you just said and think that is fucking bullshit. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, and I, I can remember now our conversation from last time, we talked about just think about how big this earth is. on its own, just the actual physical phenomena that we can experience. But then that's not even accounting for portals and interdimensional travel. I've lived my entire life outdoors in deep woods, big forest, heavy forest, hunted fish, camped hike, never seen a bear, never seen scat, never seen sign, never seen a carcass. Ergo, ain't no bears in the woods. So people (laughs) would probably say to that, they'd be like, but we've seen pictures of bears. That's what they would say. And I'd go, well, those are fake. Because I've been out in the woods. <laughs> those are fake. Because I've been out in the woods, I ain't never seen none. So those are fake. 
So I'll just turn it back around on them like the people yeah. turn it around on us. You know? <laughs> well, and there are, we might've touched on this before too. I'm not sure, but there are actual departments in universities where there's, you know, some, usually it's a guy with wily hair who's a, right. a specialist in prints and yes. like the And they have prints. Yes. And they have They're prints that you can see. Gigantic prints. Exactly. And it's like, look folks, where did this come from? Yeah, is there a picture of that? What which yeah. made this print? No, not that anybody has, or if they do have it, they haven't shared it. So yeah, but if yeah. you've got a 20, 24 inch footprint, and you know, and you keep finding these things throughout various places, and people keep turning up with these things, and serious scientists study these things and go, you know, well, this isn't faked, and we don't know anything that makes a 20, 24 inch footprint. Hello. You know, you've got something there that's physical proof. I'm going to be 68 years old this month. I've never seen a bear in the wild. Doesn't mean they don't exist. I've read one time, I believe this to be true. I read it in a credible source where people returning to America from overseas were describing gorillas. And people said, you were drunk. You were out of your mind. There's there's no such creature, <laughs> you know. So just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it isn't out there. Mm -hmm. And again, you have to go back to the paranormal aspect of these creatures and go back way back in the deep history of Native American culture that interacted with the Bigfoots. And they talk about the paranormal manifestations that occur around them. They talk about the Bigfoots appearing and disappearing. They talk about them going into and out of various portals. And I believe at Skinwalker Ranch, they saw a Bigfoot or two come out of a portal and then physically manifest and, and walk around on the ranch. We have a lot of things going on out there that we just don't know. And it's exactly like you said, Finn, we have to bring all of these disciplines together and say, okay, well, let's try and figure this thing out. And you know what some of it's going to be? Some of it is going to be, I have a message for you. Some of it's going to be, I have a message for the earth. Some of it's going to be, I live here and this is how I operate. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like you said, as simple as that. Well, I just saw you in a physical body and you disappeared. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> you know, yeah. and some of it's going to be we're going to have to accept that we have all these dimensions, we have all these energies. I, I tell people, I say, look, as you and I sit here right now, there are all these invisible radio waves going through the air around us, bajillions of them. We don't see them, we don't feel them, we don't smell them, we don't taste them, we don't even know they're there. And if we've got a radio sitting on our desk, we still don't know they're there. If we turn that radio on, we may get nothing but static. But if we start messing around with the dial, oh, here's a country station. Oh, here's a classical station. Oh, here's a rock station. All that music is going on right now, all around us. We're just not tuned into it. And likewise, all of these paranormal experiences and things are occurring around us right now, but we're not tuned into them. We're not focused. We're not paying attention. And so that's what we have to learn to do. And then we have to figure out, okay, that occurred. Why did that occur? And go on from there. You know, let's get the scientist. Let's get the voodoo priest. Let's get the psychic. Let's get the preacher. Let's get the, whatever we got to get. Let's all get together. Why? For the good of all of us. Because we're in a pretty precarious state on this planet right now. We need to be exercising all the spiritual power that we have and that we can connect with to try and intervene to make this world a better place. And what I want to, to tell people now is please, please, please stop 
taking everything that you see, read, or hear at face value. Mm. Well, if it's not true, why do people post things like this to begin with? Who the hell knows? Uh, you know, there's there could be all kinds of reasons, but the problem is there's a ton of stuff out there in the regular world, much less the paranormal, religious, spiritual world, that is simply absolutely not true. And right. before you believe what anybody tells you, do some research, get some facts. I have to wrap up here, Go. but I wanted to ask you one more thing before we get done. I know I always say one more thing, one more thing, but <laughs> this is the real one more thing. I know we've talked about both of your books, and of course, I'll always plug all that in the outro for this. But is there any updates on your work or are you working on any new projects that we should know about? Well, I'm still writing on that third book. I'm so busy with clients and everything else that it's it's behind schedule. It will come out <laughs> this year, I hope. And I am delving further now and uh, deeper into paranormal investigation and research again. And I'm going to start working with some of these things like the quarters and seeing if I can begin to get some of these things on camera, on audio. And of course, for anybody who wants a reading, they can go to johnrussell.net. And then, of course, we talk about the books and those are available, you know, through all the major booksellers online and everything. And lots of good information in those books. I didn't just write them to be entertaining, but to tell you what the other side has taught me and what I learned from it and what you can learn from it and try to present a little truth and wisdom there that's beneficial to people. Well, I'm super excited to hear that you're going further into the paranormal investigation stuff. And I think you have a really unique perspective. And also just let me know if you want to come check out this farm and and see these missing pigs and and goat (laughs) sheep. (laughs) If you have something that you're cooking up and you want to chat about it, I'm I'm always open to, to discuss. And I just like to, just for fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm always up for that. You're one of my favorite interviewers. I love you as a person. You're one of my favorite people oh. on the planet. And congratulations to you and your bride. Thank and, you. And uh, wish you guys all the best. And uh, just, just love being on your show and look forward to being back again. Awesome. Well, John, take care. The same to you. You know how I feel about you. I've told you before. I'll tell you again, yep. you're the best. No problem. No problem. All right. See you later, John. Take care. All right. Thank you so much, Finn. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, John never really disappoints with his paranormal updates, does he? Honestly, I would just like to pitch a tent in his living room with a camera and, I don't know, maybe a REM pod, a ghost box, and just observe But of course, the second that I did that, I'm sure nothing would happen because that's how the paranormal is. It likes to fuck with you. Speaking of, have you been watching The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch? I have not. Well, I just started. I'm on like episode three, I think. Came out in 2020, first season, second season, 2021. It's got some problems, a little problematic. I'd love to hear what any of you think about it. There is some cool investigation happening there, though. And it is interesting that they're staying in the same spot for a long period of time. Anyway, what do you think about it? And should we do a reaction episode about it? Also, what do you guys think about those coins that were defying gravity on John's desk? Pretty bizarre, huh? And the Bigfoot thing. I'm wondering if I need to just gather the courage to ask John if I could meet with that client he has that communicates with the Bigfoot, the Bigfoots, the Big Feet, whatever, myself. 
I would keep things confidential. I've watched Ferngully a gajillion times. I know what happens when dummies take over the beauty of the thing, and I wouldn't sell them out. I don't know. What do y'all think? I'll keep you updated on that if there are any updates. I think there will probably be none. In the meantime, though, maybe I should really just be gathering the courage to knock on my new neighbor's door and ask them about the giant wooden Bigfoot that's in their yard. Yes, I know. I haven't done it yet, but I will. I will. I promise. It's on my list. You can check out everything that John is up to at johnrussell.net. I've also added links to each of his books, Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead, and A Knock in the Attic in the show notes. Stay weird, weirdos. Bye! Thank you for following the woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow the Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 